0: Let's go back in time to learn the secrets of the
1: past
0: See what love looks like when people
1: and welcome back to the bachelor of hearts presents ancient history the bachelor podcast that asks ye old question engagement or estrangement we'll find out as we break down the finale episode of the bachelor us season one this is the bachelor of hearts presents ancient history i am max quinn Joining me, as they always do, is Xavier RN. Hi, Xavier. Hello! Ooh, a bit of vibrato. I surprised myself there. Nice. If you'd like to hear more vibrato from Xavier RN, you've got to get on down to the Bachelor of Hearts Osh Posting (laughs) Facebook group. That's where we conduct the majority of our business outside of this podcast feed. Find some like-minded people you know look Mm. it's 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 match.com but for uh but for bachelor lovers and friendship batch.com perhaps Uh, batch.com thank you so much look we uh, truly are vibrating
0: at a very (laughs) high frequency (laughs) at the uh, hosting group uh we're talking about brooke we're talking about this it's all good
1: it's it's all very good and uh in this the finale episode of season one of the bachelor we see alex michelle Choose a woman to spend the rest of his life with, probably, I don't know, I haven't looked it up. Let's get it out of the way now. Mm. He picks Amanda from Chanute to be his beloved in what I think was a comprehensively bad move.
0: Ooh, interesting.
1: In this episode, we will find out what happened, we will Mm. find out what happened afterward, and we'll find out where they all are now. We will get to it, but Davy, with the benefit of a bunch of hindsight, up front, before we go anywhere else, I just want you to evaluate my take. I thought this was such a clear bad decision from a man who went on TV claiming to be looking for his wife, but ended up proclaiming to the world something that in my estimation sounded closer to, I would like to do sex with the 22 year old. <laughs>
0: I mean, yeah, uh, 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 I, I can't disagree with you that that is a, that is, that is seemingly a, a motivator for Alex Michelle. Um, I like that you have basically got the take that it seemed like a lot of people had in two thousand and two when this happened. Mm. Hmm. People were surprised uh, and we will talk about some of the reasons why because honestly, this episode feels like the best chance we actually get to get to know these people and their relationships and stuff like that. Like, Truly, yes. This recap will be the best opportunity for us to actually shed light on what's going on with all of this. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can't fault him on his decision just purely on the uh, by the metric of like, he there, there is no blueprint yet. There is no mm-hmm. like... Um, there is no roadmap for being The Bachelor. And I think our expectations of A Bachelor these days are different to what they were at the
1: time. I suppose that's true. I was thinking that I have a direct parallel for this season. And we'll save it up. A Bachelor who, not that long ago, made what I would consider to be a pretty similar decision. Mm. Let's get to it later in the episode. Mm. Are you ready now to hit us with A world Catch up.
0: Maybe. <laughs> and, yeah, <laughs> it depends. Uh, if we have any news, then here's where it is. And if not, then, boy, let's move on, maybe. <laughs> okay.
1: And here's how I would react to the news. No way.
0: I know, right?
1: Please keep going.
0: Oh, well, here's the here's where it gets really good.
1: Xavi, that's wild. I blame the patriarchy.
0: As a matter of fact, I feel like the patriarchy can be blamed for all of these news stories.
1: Mm, mm. And as a man, and as a mother.
0: <laughs> Look, here's my two cents on the thing I just maybe said. <laughs> I've had it up to here, and I'm not going to take it anymore.
1: <laughs> Leave Xavier alone. <laughs>
0: Very good, I think. Very good Ooh. bit of news. Yeah, sensational. Uh, with that out of the way, why don't we... Uh, what, what should we do? Let me think. <laughs> I realize we're now committing to the bit of trying to set this up differently every episode. <laughs> uh. <sighs> no, not what I was I've got of. one, if you want. uh.
1: Hey, Xavi. Yeah. Do you know who the singer Zachary Cole Smith, do you know, do you know what he is from?
0: (laughs) I don't, the name doesn't really ring a bell to me. I have to say.
1: Well, he's the guy from Dive. (laughs) You know what I just
0: did? Because we took a brief pause and I went, let me quickly Google something. I went to Google and I typed in Dive Band because I knew (laughs) there was one. And I got like Ed Sheeran has a song called Dive. And I got uh, Nirvana has a song called Dive. Uh, But I did not. I got a list on Ranker.com of the best songs with Dive in the title, which I've got a bookmark, honestly, for future episodes. Very,
1: very important.
0: (laughs) Uh, But no, it did not lead me to the fact that there is a band called Dive deep into the bachelor us season one episode seven the finale this episode aired on april 25th 2002 we start in the bachelor's hometown of dallas texas as he monologues about how he's narrowed his field down to two great women but since he's been in a bubble with no advisors he can't wait to see what his parents Peter and Mary Jay, and his sisters, Jen and Mary Kelly, think of Trista and Amanda.
1: Sorry, his parents are Peter and Mary J. <laughs> yeah, from the hit
0: 2002 movie, Spider-Man.
1: He is the son of Spider-Man.
0: <laughs> it's pretty incredible, right?
1: That is breaking news.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's true. We should have addressed that at the top. Uh, yeah, I also find it interesting that there's a Mary J and a Mary Kelly.
1: Now, I think Marie, Mary Kelly was w- one of the first women to, to win a Nobel Prize. <laughs>
0: uh. <laughs> she invented radium? Was that yep. it? Yep. I think that yep. was I it. Yep. Yeah. No, not penicillin. No, penicillin is something else. Uh Okay. Uh, very good. Yes, I don't know my Mary K. from my Mary Jelly. And I, in fact, can't pronounce... <laughs> um trista is the first person trista is not the first person to be brought home (laughs) it's not technically correct we've done two episodes this evening i'm I'm getting a little weary trista is the first to be brought home to the michelle's palatial estate jen who is of course one of the sisters as i scroll back up to my earlier notes Jen asks what Trista likes about Alex, and she lists basically all of the things that we know about Alex. He's educated, he's athletic, he likes to travel, his family matters to him. And then, seemingly out of nowhere, Alex's dad, Peter Parker... (laughs) Tells Trista, my sense, or Spidey sense. Oh my God. (laughs) I can't. My sense is that you're a pretty competitive person. And this whole thing was sort of a contest that you wanted to win, regardless of the final outcome. This has got to be the first producer manipulated, like somebody has told him to say this type of thing, right? Without a doubt. Yes. This is the first time where... we have surprisingly seen so little of this up till now.
1: Right, right. And this seems like the first time where the producers would have maybe felt confident Mm. to get in the ear of a family member and particularly Alex's family and say, look, we're making a show here. Your son's the star. We want this to look good for the TV and we, we need to know that Alex is going to choose the right person. So her actually answering this is probably pretty critical, you know?
0: Yeah, and and you might remember the parents are briefly in the first episode as well. So the impression I get is that the producers have worked with them already. They've built up a bit of a rapport and they're like, hey, listen, this is how we want to frame this, you know? I mean, the
1: impression that I get is that I've never had to knock on wood, but I know someone who has.
0: (laughs) Makes me wonder if I should. Um, Trista is like, well, no, this isn't like a prize to me. If I wasn't the right person, if I wasn't compatible to be with him, then I thought he should be with the right compatible person. And I'm like, Trista is so fucking good at this.
1: Trista's amazing.
0: Trista's like jumping through hoops that haven't really been constructed yet.
1: Uh, Aren't you just so spot on with that?
0: Well, I am. I agree with myself.
1: You really are, though. Like, these are the the amount of mental gymnastics that are required for bachelors in the modern day mm. to answer these kind of questions and to dance around. And usually it is the bachelor or the, you know, the lead of the series having to answer these kind of curly questions. But in this case, it's Trista, and she's being subjected to it, and she's doing this dance that is, like, four-dimensional far off in the future mm. based on what we know about the series. And she is just, like spinning circles yeah. around this family. I love when she says, I'm not a coward. I've just never been tested. I'd <laughs> like to think that if I was, I would pass. <laughs> Look at the tested and think there, but the grace go, I might be a coward. I'm afraid of what I might find out. Never.
0: And she was freestyling that too.
1: Yeah, she really was. It was yeah. great. It was a huge moment.
0: Yeah. Peter asks what the outcome Trist is looking for is. And she says, I personally have always pictured myself saying yes to an engagement and being able to say, I love you back. And I don't think we're there yet. I mean, I really am in like with your son, but I really don't think either of us is in love per se yet. And I do not want to get divorced just because I was a child of divorce. When someone proposes to me, I want to know that above and beyond all reasonable doubt that it's the right thing to do. And the parents agree that this is like the perfect answer.
1: What a fucking human adult.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, Um, throughout The Bachelor, and obviously Trista doesn't know this, but playing right to the parents is really important. Mm. And I think that can mean different things for different seasons, different Bachelors, different parents. True. I think Trista has pitched this perfectly in that she's reading a little bit of skepticism from the parents. But also, I imagine, like, they don't want this to blow up in Alex's face either. And, like, I think some parents, and maybe more so these days you want to overplay how in love you are in order to like maybe drown Mm -hmm. out their skepticism or, you know, just create an atmosphere where it's like, you couldn't possibly make up this. Right. Right.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Um, But I think she has pitched this right down the middle in a very natural way where she's sort of tempering expectations. And she's like, listen, I'm not, I'm not this, the bachelor, you know, I'm, I'm not the producers of this show. I'm not crazy. I don't want this to be a proposal no matter what. Uh, Mm. But, I do want that at some point and it could be with Alex sort of thing, you know?
1: Oh, she, I just think that she does a fabulous job of threading the needle. here. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, They seem genuinely impressed with her. They all cheers at the dinner table and Trista ITMs. They finally realize that I'm normal. I'm a normal girl. I'm someone they could like and get along with and somebody that may be good for Alex. Mm. And I feel like that's all you need at this point. After Trista is plopped in the limo with no kiss, Alex heads back inside to get the real story. His sister, Mary Kelly, who had been quite quiet throughout this meeting with Trista, says, I do think that it's kind of bizarre that she's a cheerleader, like Sis Boomba. (laughs) (laughs) Which is great. Uh, Alex defensively says, honestly, she would kind of be a bit annoyed because like cheerleading and the dancing are like, it's different. They, there are cheerleaders for the Miami Heat that she is not one of. They're two totally separate deals. And I'm like, okay, dude.
1: Yeah, I think that this is probably an ingrained pain point that has been hammered home to him because Maybe. it matters to her.
0: Yeah, it just feels like... It's like, all right, okay. Oh, I believe you. Yeah. Uh, nobody's, like, checking your search history or whatever, you know? It's <laughs> like... uh, I don't know. Um, anyway, the only real scepticism is that she sort of, you know, she does pass the sniff test, but it's hard to tell whether the relationship genuinely has legs. This is sort of the age old bachelor problem. Mm. Will it just work for a, a minute or will it work long term? And Alex, ITMs, I respect my parents' opinion and I value their advice. And I think today it was pretty sound, but I'm not bound by it. I think it's an amazing process to see, can you find your soulmate in this way? And I believe you can. And I just love this because he is like, sure, my parents who have supported me, my family, my support circle who have been with me through my entire life, you know, their opinion is fine or whatever. But this process that I'm now a part of...
1: And have been a part of for five weeks.
0: <laughs> this is the best way to find love. So, my you
1: word. Know. Five weeks, you still don't know what some of the producers are called.
0: Yeah, totally. I, I just love like... It requires you to give yourself over to the process and to the mm-hmm. producers, and mm-hmm. this this goes on throughout the history of the show, but just to so openly play into their hands like this,:
1: Oh my God, just be putty.
0: Yeah, totally. yeah. Um, but honestly, the fact that they were able to do that to him, or the fact that they cast somebody who would be able to become putty like that, mm. is the reason that we still have this show. Hondo. Up next, it's time for Amanda to meet the family. In voiceover, Alex says, I think my family will respond really well to somebody who obviously likes me a lot. The first question we see at the lunch table is Alex's brother-in-law asking, if you guys ran into each other outside the framework of this whole game, do you think you would feel the same way about Alex? I love that he calls it a game. A game,
1: yes. Mm -hmm. Like in years later, producers are like, we'll do the exact same thing. You'll just call it a journey. Thank you. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah um amanda sort of cryptically says i told alex he reminds me of james bond who's like my idol i just love him this is an editing thing i i guess this is like uh amanda is getting a little bit of a ditzy edit i think yeah yeah i agree cutting this to be like a ralph wiggum non sequitur
1: (laughs) um
0: (laughs) they laugh because they're like he's not like fucking james bond are you kidding me Um, And then Alex's mom asks whether Amanda is a Catholic, and she says, unfortunately, I haven't been a practicing Catholic for a while, but I would, especially meeting someone, get involved into a church, and I think it's important to introduce it to the children. Join the Church of the Bachelor, Amanda. (laughs) We've got lots of sponsorship opportunities. We'll
1: take you in. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: I also like that she's just like offhandedly mentioning children as well. Just planting that seed, you know. They ask whether the age difference between them has been an issue. I think it's like eight, nine years maybe?
1: Yeah, 31 and 22, so nine years. Yeah.
0: Amanda says, I don't think I act like most of the people my age. And Alex is mature, but he has such a goofy sense of humor that I haven't really seen it as an issue. And you get the impression that people are... Like, the family's kind of keeping tight-lipped about what
1: they feel about that right
0: now. There's a lot of that, just kind of like,
1: oh, okay, yeah. Silent judgment. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Alex's mom, Mary J, pulls him into the kitchen for a sidebar. I want to pitch that differently. Alex's mom, Mary J, pulls him into the kitchen for a sidebar. feels quite urgent. You know, Mm. she she tells him that she can tell that he has found two girls that he's interested in dating, but doesn't think that he's ready to get engaged and urges him. Don't do anything rash.
1: The history of matriarchs in this show doing whatever they fucking can to protect their family unit. I'm thinking particularly about the, the more that I reflect on the last season of The Bachelor Australia the more that I think that Jimmy's mum did a spectacular job in finding a woman whom she might consider to be more appropriate for her family unit. Mm. You know, the way that she was dragging the dad along the next morning to meet them at the helicopter to have another look at Holly. yeah, You know, when she so clearly realized, like, not this one. Absolutely not this one. Mm. And then for the dad to in the moment slip up and be like, No, I actually think Brooks alright. Like, and she's just like <laughs> No you don't. You don't think no, you, don't. you yeah. absolutely definitely do not. Think mm. think about how this impacts our whole family. Right. He's gonna move her to um she's gonna move into Melbourne. The we'll never see do you know do you know what I mean? Yeah, like it's gonna look I, bad. I'm having a reflection on and, and when they break up it's gonna look awful. Mm. But yeah, I guess I guess I'm having that reflection and looking at it through this prism of in this case Alex's mum being like you're not getting engaged.
0: Yeah. And I just find it fascinating here because obviously it is so much of the marketing. It is so much of the idea of the like prompt for this show that there will be an engagement at the end.
1: Oh my God. He's asked so many times throughout the show. Yeah. And are you ready to get engaged at the end of this process? Yeah. And every time he's like, yes, I am. And Mum gets in his ear. Yeah. And she's like, no, you're fucking Mum's
0: like, please. I know we we'll, we had a family chat about this when you mm-hmm. signed up, but mm. it's getting down to the wire now. And I just want to remind you
1: that you're not ready for this.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, Alex and Amanda do share a kiss before she is plonked into the limo and driven away. And then we get this pretty strange debrief uh, between Alex and the family where they tell him straight up that Amanda is a better fit for him. And he very conclusively agrees with them. mm Mary J., the mom, says, even if we expressed a preference ourselves for one or the other, you should go with the one that is most appealing to you to date. And she, like, draws a big, bold underline under that. She's like, just so you remember. And I don't... I'm not trying to characterize her as a scold or anything, because I do feel like she's right.
1: Oh, she's definitely right. This
0: is... You know, she's like, remember, we're human beings. (laughs) We're behaving like civilized adults in a world. We're not going to
1: do some weird fucking shit on television. Yeah,
0: not just because fucking whoever, Mike Fly says you're meant to.
1: Yeah, uh, this man called Chris who we've never met, who we keep hearing about.
0: Right, this small little weirdo who (laughs) cackles with delight whenever he causes harm to others. Uh Alex seems flabbergasted that his family may not be immediately a hundred percent on board with him getting married within this short of a time span on a TV show. He's like monologuing in the limo, he's like, I just didn't think that this could possibly I am uh, completely blindsided.
1: He's mad at his mom. He's like, Mom, what the fuck?
0: Yeah, I think he Why is. Well I live
1: my life, mom.
0: Yeah. Which like I'm it's interesting to see that stuff being worked out in a way. Hmm. But also, it's just like, they would not really create a space for that these days. Never. Time for one more date with each woman. And we're used to seeing these dates, right? They're lavish, beautiful, you know, uh, incredible last minute dates where they're making out on some beach in Cancun or whatever. Uh, First up is Trista. He brings her over to the now abandoned villa. She has brought strawberry shortcake and a very see-through top to sweeten the deal. And Alex's big idea is he's going to try and create a natural and casual atmosphere. So he's ordered a couple of pizzas. And that is the date. I like it. Look, I like it too. Don't get me wrong. It makes sense. Like it is creating an atmosphere where these conversations can take place, um, which, you know, hypothetically could happen on the beach in cancun but you would have to think that is a that is opportunity to distract them rather than Mm -hmm. um well maybe the the travel i feel like the the sense that i get is that the travel is a way to sweeten the deal and to keep people on the show and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um and
1: potentially a way to maintain control over them as well control but also heighten the love as well mm, that's particularly true. because what happens here is alex is like oh i've realized that i've not been giving you any space to express yourself
0: right yeah which is a good move you know that like
1: it's a healthy and productive conversation yeah um they're ripping into this big
0: pep um and you know he says like instead of just asking what are you thinking how are you feeling all the time like i want to create some space She jokes that she's giving him an interview now. And he says, well, I'll tell you anything you want to know. And Trista goes, well, what are you going to do? As in like, are you going to pick me or not? Which is great. (laughs) And Trista, laughing to herself, says she's had a lot of time to think about it. And maybe they could get engaged. Alex says, it's a possibility. I mean, a couple of days ago, you said eloquently, no way for like the fifth time to my parents, which they loved, by the way. It's like a curveball hearing you say this now. And Trista says that in the mansion, she kept hearing how into Alex Amanda was. And so she was telling herself, if I'm still feeling like I am right now when I'm in the final two, then it should be Amanda. But now I'm not. And now I'm ready to fight for you and tell you that I want to be with you. Alex says, knowing everything you know, who should I give it to then and why? Trista laughs. She says, I talked about this today. I'm assuming she means in an um, ITM that I just so didn't want to have to sell myself because I don't think it's natural. I think that you need to be able to make your decision from your heart and how you feel when you're with me or when you're with Amanda. And I'm like, this fucking rules. Trist is the best.
1: so good.
0: We cut to a little later and she asks if you had to choose right now, what would you do? And there's this long pause and he kind of mumbles, I'd probably pick you. I'm like, ooh, the stakes, Maxi.
1: They just got higher, didn't they?
0: Yeah, absolutely. This is like this is like moving from uh I'm falling in love with you to I love you or whatever. You know, I don't know exactly what the equivalent is, but it's that same like escalation.
1: It's the classic mistake that bachelors make along the way and that we mm-hmm. learn that Alex has made a couple of times promising roses to women where no roses will in fact be delivered.
0: Right. Because it's easier in the moment to be like, yeah, of course, everything's going to be fine. And then, like, you know, be take a chicken's way out or whatever and, and just cut him at the ceremony.
1: Right, right. He's essentially doing that and trying to appease them in the short term to make a decision in the long term that will benefit him, and it's it's kind of callous.
0: Yeah, it's a dog move. <laughs> uh, we watch them kiss, and he says he's surprised by how much this night has thrown him for a loop. And then they're lying on the bed together, and he says, do you want to stay? And she says, yeah. Is that camera on? Mm-hmm. And Alex drags his heels. He, like, very lazily or not even lazily lazily is not the word he like has probably i'm guessing been told not to turn the camera off or Mm. wanted to keep it on for his own reasons or whatever but he's like you know he gets up he says i bet it is uh (laughs) you know knowing these crazy camera people leaving their cameras on all the time uh are you ready to get into a compromising position and trista says not if the camera's on yeah and I'm like, I don't know why they would keep this in. This isn't like, this isn't like tantalizing and sexy.
1: This is like. It doesn't benefit anyone. No,
0: this just feels yuck. Mm. And especially because after the break, they then air footage from another angle, which is shot in sepia tone through a house plant to make it look more salacious. And it's like them on the bed. And I'm just like, this is clearly not okay at this point. Mm-hmm. It's not like you actually like see anything that I would imagine Trista would be uncomfortable with, but it's like it's not up to me or them to make that call.
1: Exactly, it's up to Trista.
0: Yeah. Uh. Anyway, then Amanda shows up at the mansion, and for a split second, I'm like, "Oh my god! They have just sent them both over at the same time." At the same
1: time. What yeah. an
0: incredible twist! Amanda's gonna walk in on them while they're doing whatever they're doing with the cameras off on the bed. But no, we just didn't see Trista leave. I was like, ah, oh, come on. That would have been great. Uh, Amanda arrives with no strawberry shortcake. Mistake. Mm-hmm. And the two of them tuck into some Chinese takeaway. It is the exact same date, except they ordered food from a different restaurant. <laughs> they even sit on the same, like, poofy chair while they're eating.
1: Part of the house. Yeah. You liked it once, you'll love it twice. Like, that chair definitely still has. <laughs> The the um, remnants of Trista's perfume. Guaranteed,
0: guaranteed. Yeah, Uh, I wanted to ask a question of you, my friend Max Quinn. Um, Mm. When you, I guess, uh, uh, I was going to say, when you were gearing up to the engagement, you know, to to your proposal to your now fiance. Uh, mm. Did you what, what? What was the meal of choice? <laughs> was it pizza or Chinese food? But then I remembered, of course, you weren't necessarily expecting that to happen.
1: Wasn't necessarily expecting that to happen yeah. uh, in quite the way that it happened. Mm-hmm. Very glad that it did. Um, the meal of choice was um, me and Jono had some beers. Nice. The night before, mm-hmm. and Danny was away, so right. that was a hit.
0: Um, I want to make it clear to our listeners that beers are not dinner and uh, <laughs> get yourself something to eat. If there's anybody listening who doesn't know the story, do you want to briefly just recap that? Okay,
1: yes. Okay. Very quickly, um, uh, had been planning on proposing, had wanted to do it perhaps at, at Christmas or at a time later down the road. Um, went and picked up the ring when Danny was away for work in Melbourne. Um, took some photos of it to send to my family. Mm-hmm. Went to... Uh, friend of the show, Jono Scalettis's, uh apartment in Sydney uh, that night, which had a beautiful view overlooking the Sydney Harbour. But no food, a, apparently. No, no food. Had a. a I don't want to cast time. aspersions
0: on Jono's like <laughs> hosting or anything, but like that's no, actually a red there flag. was a
1: spread. I remember. Okay. And it was a good spread. Because
0: I'm going to say, okay, I'm glad to hear it, and I want to retract what I just said. But I'm like, you know, if if you're serving alcohol and there's no food, that's a breach of RSA guidelines.
1: Mm, mm. Um took some photos of the beautiful view with the sun setting and the Sydney Harbour Bridge and the Opera House and all this beautiful. kind of stuff. Danny comes home the next day. I'm like, hey, look, here's um, here's some pictures of what I did last night. And she starts sort of flicking through the phone and then uh, comes across a picture. Flicks now one too many times. Flicks one too many times. Finds something that uh, arguably I should have uh, deleted from the camera roll. But look, that's some um, I don't camera roll like that. Um <laughs>
0: Like, how are you supposed to know? How often is How's that mistake a, a life changing
1: one? You know? But knowing myself
0: mm.
1: almost every day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. every day I come across something where I'm like, oh, should have done that very differently. Mm. You know? Oh, this is planned out in a completely unexpected way that I could not have <laughs> seen coming. Oh, that sounds but I easily fun could have here. seen it coming It is fun to <laughs> <me>. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, so look uh, Listeners, I thwarted myself Danny got very, very excited Was like, where is it? Is it here? Is it here? Uh, yeah. Ran downstairs, um, decided that she would like to uh, Use the toilet And uh, came back upstairs The cat by that time had caught a lizard And I decided that the only time Where I properly would have the element of surprise in my back pocket was right now. Yeah, you can't and really so, not
0: do it after that point. Yeah, at that know. point,
1: I um, procured the ring from its hiding place in one of my various shoe boxes and proposed right there on the floor.
0: Beautiful, very beautiful. It was lovely.
1: Danny um, said, um, "I'm not wearing the right outfit for this."
0: <laughs> that's so sweet. And then you got pizza and Chinese food that night. I assume.
1: Yeah, that's right. No, we yeah. went to the park um, where we had. A spread.
0: Hey, okay, great. Was it like peanut butter? Or?
1: Um, I mean, there were jams, there were marmalades. It's yeah, a um, yeah. Yeah, delu- very deluxe spread. A spread of spreads. Great.
0: Amanda ITMs, I want to start our future together, and not knowing that it's going to happen is just killing me. I am definitely going to make sure I get to tell him how I feel about him, that I'm falling in love with him, ding, 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 and he is who I want to spend the rest of my life with. Amanda is quietly writing the script for every season to come after this. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: she deserves a, a posthumous credit.
0: Yes. She, I mean, like, this is the exact same ITM dialogue that we still hear from the winner, like, 20 years on, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is great. I, I, just as much as I think that Trister is doing incredible work earlier in this episode as well, and and her, uh, and, and later as well, Um her words will continue to be echoed for decades too i just love it i love i mean this is why we do this series because it's so interesting to see the strands of dna that trace back this whole way Mm -hmm. after a little bit more gazing lovingly into each other's eyes over chinese food alex puts his hand on amanda's leg and says so um what do you think about a little trip to the hot tub she says awesome And Alex goes, "I'll let you finish that little cookie because she's eating, I guess, a fortune cookie or something." She takes a little bite, and then there's a pause, and she says, "I could eat it on the way." I like that. (laughs) This is I thought it was funny. This is funny. Amanda maybe is hilarious. Uh, They sit in the hot tub. Alex warns Amanda that his apartment isn't quite as nice as the villa. She says she doesn't mind. And then it is just a full blown steamy pool makeout sesh accompanied with like trip hop beats and like eerie blue lighting. It is in every way the precursor to the Maddie J pool makeout that we always talk about. Like it's a touchstone from Australian Bachelor. And then Amanda sort of whispers into his ear and you have to remember there is a boom mic extending over both of their heads (laughs) just out of frame. Um... She says, when we had lunch last weekend, you asked me if there's anything I wish I had shared with you and, or, or you want to know about me. I actually haven't told you how I really feel about you, and I think you're absolutely amazing. I never would have imagined finding someone like you my whole life, and I'm falling in love with you. I will support whatever decision you make, but I would just like to be in your future and they kiss again, and the twinkly, shitty, nylon-stringed acoustic guitar <laughs> music plays. What do you think about the music in this season, by the way? I don't it's think we've talked so about cheesy. it. It's so cheesy. It's so cheesy.
1: Yeah, the music in this season is just like, they don't have budget for it yet, and they've not developed any tropes, you mm. know? Mm. Um, we haven't figured out that music can anchor us in a moment in a really particular way on this show, and instead what we've got is like, they're going down a a gondola. We better have an accordion. Yeah. Um. W- oh, there. She's saying, "I love you." She's whispering in his ear. Where's the get the softer, acoustic guitar out? They're just leaning mm. into whatever the the um rom com cliche might yeah. be for that moment instead of weaponizing the music.
0: Yeah, and I think the the general uh overall like instrumentation rather than you know we have a lot of like strings and horns and stuff these days and it's very orchestral. Mm. Here it's like. Like, it sounds like it's an indie rock band or something. Yeah, like, there's definitely. a lot of, like, jangly pop, sort of, like, vibey, like, surfy, sort of, like, Californian yeah. early 2000s. Like, I imagine the pitch was, like, you know, stuff that young people would be listening to on the radio or whatever.
1: Right, right. It's like Phantom Planet doing the theme song for The Bachelor. Right. As well as The O.C.
0: Yeah, but with yeah. no melodies no like you know (laughs) nothing to grab onto no
1: hooks yeah just the aesthetic um so yeah she's whispering to him i actually thought that was a really lovely thing that she said as Mm -hmm. well yeah me too you know as far as things like this go you look at the big romantic speeches that we've had in bachelor history i would put this one up there you know i love that she sort of like says all the tropes that we now associate with what the future of the franchise looked at Mm. and it was particularly surprising to me when she said this I had feelings for Eleanor that I've actually never <laughs> felt. For anyone in my life, she gave me butterflies every morning when I saw her. I'd be surprised when i are talking to her. I'd be busting her to the toilet and I would piss my pants and sit there rather than go to the toilet. Yeah, it's
0: incredible to hear that so early. Because I thought... Yeah, I know. We hadn't heard that until Australian Bachelor of Paradise season two, three even?
1: Three? Yeah. Who knows? yeah. Me neither. But um, yeah, it's crazy to think that that... Uh, 20 years ago, here's Amanda laying the foundations. Right,
0: yeah. Uh, she should get an award. She should get a, a credit. <laughs> We're getting towards the end folks. We're replaying some of the ponder shots from episode five. There's no new ones, which I was a bit surprised by. Uh, and Alex is saying he's gotten to know Trista and Amanda better than he ever thought would be possible. The limo drops him off at Harry Winston, which is the same jeweler who let Shumpus wear the necklace and earrings on her pretty woman date. And he's there to pick out a ring. And my favorite line of the episode, the funniest line of dialogue maybe in the whole season, uh, is when he's looking at the rings and he's like picking them up and putting each one down and weighing them up and stuff. He says, there's something about classic that I think she'll like. I like snorted laughing about this cuz it's like he's saying like yeah um she wants a ring which is good do you have one like that
1: <laughs> <laughs> do you have a ring that looks like a ring
0: yeah do you have one um that is like kind of shiny i guess and uh you know uh it's got like a circle part that goes on the and it, i want it to be like nice
1: yeah and if we if could also be um kind of like like in that classic good way
0: yeah yeah if it's got some of that kind of quality
1: yeah like you know how those rings are kind of like if you think like ring yeah that's what i want
0: yeah 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 um we get this real brian de palma split screen which shows trister and amanda getting ready and alex picking up all the rings and looking at them and i really like this because they're ramping up the excitement and the tension with like a little bit of visual flair In a way that they haven't done too much of throughout the show. And Alex picks a ring and everybody's in their limos and we're cross cutting between these things. Um, I love that everybody seems to be in separate limos, even though I'm 95% sure they have one and it's just throughout different parts (laughs) of the day. But before we can get to the finale, it is time for one last chat with our dear friend, Chris Harrison. And it's not in the deliberation room this time. There's no framed portraits. There's no diary room video messages, unfortunately. I feel like that would kind of be incredible to have it in the finale. But Chris says, big decision coming up. And Alex says, well, big decision made. Sometimes what you want and what you need are different. And the woman that I'm choosing is definitely what I need. And I realize that she's also what I want and what makes me happy. It's great to have all those things come together in one person and I'm falling in love with her as a result. I knew it earlier than I even let myself realize and eventually it came from my heart
1: into my mind. And it turns out it's Kim who we, de- de- who we <laughs> described as his dream girl.
0: <laughs> That's right.
1: Not Look, two episodes ago.
0: It is interesting actually because the way like when when he is saying this, I mean I've seen this season before. I'm trying to remember what it felt like to watch it for the first time. Um but it doesn't necessarily lean towards Amanda as far as i can tell mm. like if we're thinking about i guess the only the only prism we can look through this th- we can look at this through is through the prism of all of the bachelor seasons since this and we are so frequently presented with the dichotomy of like um the one you want versus the one you need or totally the the one who you'll stay with forever or the one you want to be with right now or you know i mean it's like the madonna hall complex type of thing or whatever right like this is such a a well-trodden uh definitely
1: the one you the one that the audience thinks is is right for you and the one that the audience audience thinks that you want to bang
0: right yeah exactly um and it kind of feels like his lean. like if we were to if we were to put our cards on the table it kind of seems like Amanda is the one that he wants to bang. And Trista is the one that maybe would be a better fit. And it kind of feels like he's leaning towards Trista here. Yeah. Um, Chris says, let me tell you how it's going to work. The women won't see each other today. They'll arrive one at a time. And you'll be able to speak to each one privately to let her know your decision. Now, remember, both women are likely to be expecting a proposal. As are the executives at ABC who have funded this show. And the producers. (laughs) And Mike Fleiss. And the audience who we've told over and over to expect it. Cut to... Fuck. <laughs> it's What t- Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's how people felt. Mm. Cut to the spot they've picked for the final moment, and it's out on the lawn. It's just
1: out on the Behind lawn. Behind the house?
0: Yep. Overlooking the water. I mean, you know, they, it's a nice spot.
1: We've we've changed so much over the years.
0: It's, it's true. Hey, at least they moved the little pedestal out there. Mm. They've got the little stone thing. I don't know how they keep the rose on there, by the way. Yeah, it's really hard to say It's just sitting there There must be like a magnet Oh, magnetic mm-hmm. rose Yeah I know that's how they do the the roses in Bachelorette You know when they like clip them onto the shirt? There's a magnet on either oh,
1: side Oh, right Okay, interesting
0: Yeah hmm. uh, So weirdly, Trista is kind of just standing there Waiting for Alex to arrive
1: Yeah So you don't know see have... the full walk up And the, who's getting out of the car first
0: Right They, 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 they juiced this thing for all it's worth Yes. Um, But not here. Alex walks up, kisses her on the cheek, and begins his speech. I guess, you know what? We don't have expectations at this point. So we don't know, like, the first one is going to get sent home. You know, that that pattern hasn't established itself yet. Mm. Um, He says, Trista, when this process began, I never dreamed that I would meet someone like you. You have made my heart race from the first day. I think you're beautiful, funny, smart, cool. Cool is an interesting one. Yeah. I've enjoyed every moment that we've spent together. But I don't think that we are meant to spend our lives together. It hurts me a lot to say goodbye to you. And I'm really sorry. I want nothing but the best for you. And I hope that we can be friends. And I think this is the best for you. Very I, brief.
1: And I love that Adele song.
0: <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, she says nothing. She gives him a little hug. She and, and, and Alex walks her over to Chris Harrison, who walks her out. She tells Alex, good luck. And then she's plonked in the limo and taken away.
1: This, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's only been five weeks. I don't know how heartbroken you can necessarily be. We see, we see Trista having a bit of a cry mm. um, in, in the limo a little bit later on after perhaps some prodding from some producers. But mm. at this point she's sort of like, okay, you know?
0: Yeah. And I, I almost want to say I admire Alex for not overplaying the farewell speech um, yeah, or you know, I mean, I don't know how much it would have even occurred to him to overplay the farewell speech. Yeah, but obviously these become incredibly overblown and like, it is almost like a trick.
1: Yeah, like you're to like, be, like lulling them until you get to the butt.
0: Yeah, it's like that. What what is the master chef thing where it's like this is disgusting, disgustingly good or whatever. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Um or like Dicko would trick people when he was going to send them home. And then he's like, you're, you're going to Sydney or whatever.
1: <laughs> um,
0: Alex ITMs that quote. She looked at me point blank and said, I'm in like with you, but not in love with you. Things like this. I don't think she really saw herself with me 20 years from now. Well, that's like now. And They are not together. I can wow. spoil that. Trister and Alex are not a couple.
1: He was right about one thing. <laughs> that's true.
0: Trista, uh, you know, she gets to say her piece in a backseat interview, but I think you're right. She is probably prodded. Um, This is probably uh, after a a fairly decent amount of uh, chat. Mm. Um, She says, it's not that I 1000% wanted to be engaged today. I was anti-engagement the whole way through up until about three days ago. It's just that we had such a great talk the other night and he told me it's you. Those were his words where it's you. The fact that he said that made me think that it was me, you know? Uh, I think he's a great guy.
1: Hard to argue.
0: (laughs) I mean, she's got a point. Yep. Uh, There may be doubts in his head, but I mean, whatever happens, my life will go on. I'm okay. I'm just sad. She wipes a few tears away and gazes out the window. And I think this is genuinely pretty moving in the way that these things can often be uh, when we've gotten to know the person involved reasonably well.
1: Yeah, this was lovely.
0: Yeah. I feel like, you know, as much as um, you could sort of sense that they were like, give us more. You haven't said enough yet. Um, This did feel like it was As much as a moment
1: like this can be lovely.
0: Yeah. Anyway, now Alex is positioned out by the pedestal with the rose on it, and Amanda is led down to meet with him, saying, hi, handsome. There's just no trace of suspense at this point. No. Uh, there's a shot from above where they hug, where you can see the masking tape where they've blocked out their marks, which I really enjoy. Uh, Alex begins his speech. Amanda, when I think back on this incredible journey, I remember that the very first rose went to the beautiful girl who's about to be offered the very last one. I find myself falling in love with you. And then he stops. And I'm like, oh, that was... Is that it? Oh. And then he pulls out the ring from his pocket and he says, I've got this ring for you. I'm going to hold on to it. Let me explain this why.
1: Is fucked. I'm like, dude.
0: Don't that, don't dangle it over her head.
1: Oh my like it is just like you'll get it when you're ready. <laughs> it's is she a child? Is that how this relationship is going to be like
0: I wonder if when maybe... When you're old enough? i wonder if maybe it's like in the terms of the agreement with um harry nielsen that can't be the name of the jeweler what is it i forget uh like they have to show the jewelry they have to show the ring on camera so Mm. he has to show it to her even though he has decided he doesn't want to propose to her
1: he's doing something very cruel this
0: is not good this is really not good there must be a better way to do this uh he says i feel like we have covered an incredible distance together i feel like we've come a long way but I think we have even further that we can go. Before we walk down the aisle together, I want to make sure that we feel the same way about each other outside of the fantasy world of mansions and limos. And I'm like, okay, you know, sure, I get it. Reasonable. And then he goes, I'd love it if you would move to California so we can be together. And she's like, she doesn't quite say yes. She doesn't say yes. No. And I'm she's like,
1: like hmm. I
0: feel like... You are asking her this on camera so that you have to make her do you know?
1: Well, so you've that got later he can be like, you have well. to.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, the leverage of having the ring
1: for sure. Absolutely. But if you also to like in California, cameras. then you get the ring.
0: Right. Yeah. The cameras yeah. make it like you don't have a choice right now. You have to be happy and smiley and,
1: you know, like What a horrible position for <laughs> her to be put in. It's
0: pretty fucked up, if I'm being honest.
1: Yeah, maybe Trista is the true winner of this season. I wonder. Um, well,
0: Uh, she, you know, she, she seems happy. Um, Alex gets down on one knee, uh, also fucked up (laughs) to be like, I'm not proposing, but look, I'm going to do the gesture of proposing.
1: I'm not proposing. I've got this ring. You can look at it. You can't touch it. Yeah. Um, I'm getting down on one knee. I'm not proposing.
0: Yes. And he grabs the rose from the pedestal. He presumably undoes the little magnet or (laughs) unties the piece of string we didn't notice or whatever. And says, Amanda, will you accept this rose? They kiss and embrace one another. The fucking nylon string acoustic guitars play again. And Amanda does an ITM with a tear still rolling down her cheek. I imagine a producer being like, No, no, wipe it off. No, no, no. Not yet. <laughs> she says, This whole experience is love at first sight. When Alex stood up and kissed me and told me how happy he was, I just couldn't believe this was happening to me. This is everything I've always wanted. Alex ITM's, I had a huge smile on my face the first night and I have a huge smile on my face now and I've done a lot of frowning and worrying in between but it was worth it because I feel great now. That's kind of it. It's kind of crazy that it ends with like, I am happy. So everything was worth it.
1: (laughs) This was a huge ordeal for me, but I guess it's worked out. (laughs) Right. Is what I'm hearing.
0: And then over the closing credits, Amanda ITM's, like kind of breaking the fourth wall she's like thank you for the most perfect person that i could ever dream of we will miss you but i'm sure yeah. you'll hear from us soon
1: who how <laughs> what are you just confusing
0: about? yeah who are you talking does she to? mean their fans the loving yeah, I, audience i don't know she's Do you talking you to america's
1: sweetheart because that's Shumpus, as it turns
0: out is the whole deal i am ready to say goodbye to this malibu lifestyle and hello to my fantasy world and Alex laughs and says, It's a fantasy world where the people are less rich. And I'm like, I don't believe you, my friend. Yeah, I
1: don't. I uh, don't believe you.
0: Amanda jokes, We'll have to get our own cameras with a little <laughs> wink. And the last words spoken in this first season of The Bachelor are Alex saying, Thank you, God. So there you have it.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: So. What happened? I hear you ask.
1: Yes. What happened?
0: Well, Miami Heat dancer and definitely not cheerleader, Trista Rain, proved to be so popular and her exit so heartbreaking that she was selected to be the lead of the first ever season of The Bachelorette.
1: That's cool.
0: Yeah. How many years later is that? So there was another season of The Bachelor in between, and weirdly enough... The popularity of season one meant that they just fucking went into production overdrive and they aired the second season five months after the first one ended.
1: Yeah, right. Okay.
0: But Trista was the first of a Bachelorette. It was within a year of this. And rather than spoil what happened to Trista, since uh-huh. I think you may not know, I, no, I don't. think it would be really good to cover her season on Ancient History at some point. Let's in the do future. that. Yeah, that would be nice. Okay. But what of the happy couple I hear you ask? Did it last?
1: I I can't think that it did.
0: They wouldn't keep making The Bachelor if they didn't work out, right?
1: Okay, here is my prediction. I promise you I have not looked this up. Mm -hmm. I don't think that they're suited to be in a relationship together. I bet that this was a huge reality TV whirlwind when this happened. Mm -hmm. I bet that they are doing press that everything is happening in their world And for that reason, I would say, I would estimate that the relationship has to survive at least a year, but I don't think that they make the two year mark. You are
0: very close. (sighs) Unfortunately, Alex and Amanda announced their decision to split in early 2003, just under a year. Um, Oh God. So, but you're right. This was a big whirlwind. Um, I found a photo of them at the premiere of the Spider-Man movie which i guess now we're learning it's because it's, his parents were in it yeah of course <laughs> but it kind it's of rules in- it's kind of the best fucking photo in 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 the world
1: yeah there they are
0: oh there's tons of photos of them at that yeah. actually yeah i kind of i kind of just love it as like this could only have happened within a very narrow window of time i know um but then I found a picture of Alex at the premiere of Gili. You know oh, of Gili? Yes. It's a Ben Affleck movie. It yes. tanked, Wh- famous Widely bomb.
1: regarded one of the worst f- films of all time. Mm-hmm.
0: Alex is, is at this? the premiere of Gili with a mystery date who is not Amanda. Ooh. It is another blonde. Um, so I struggled to find anything conclusively from the time. I was looking for like... You know, a lot of a lot of like archives of gossip magazines and stuff are just not around. That you know, yeah. it's just hard to track this stuff down unless people have specifically tried to preserve it. You know, it's kind of, it's the kind of thing I would have done at the time, but I was mm. not I was not doing it. Uh, but uh, I, I found an interview that Amanda did with Inside Edition in two thousand and eight, where she claimed that the reason for the split was that Alex still held a candle for Trista. Ooh. Um apparently Alex reached out to Trista after filming, like just a few weeks after, telling her to keep the door open.
1: Oh my god.
0: Um there are also reports that Amanda wasn't aware that Alex had slept with Trista like oh. during the during the show. Of um, course. And when she found out, that caused a lot of tension which kept eating away at her. It sounds likely, but it's a, it's a bit hard to say. The the information's a little bit spotty. Hmm. Amanda was briefly interviewed last year when The Bachelor, The Greatest Seasons Ever, um, aired clips from their season as filler when COVID panic delayed production of the, the, the current Bachelor season. Mm. Uh, or Bachelorette, maybe I'm, I'm getting that wrong. Um, Amanda called in from her house in Kansas, and when Chris Harrison asked what ended up happening, she had this to say. We had to kind of get back to reality and I moved to California and Alex relocated and I just, I couldn't get settled in. I didn't know where to go for work. I turned down some amazing opportunities like Playboy and some other entertainment options. I had a calling back from Kansas City to be a DJ on a rock station. So I moved back home and we continued to have the relationship long distance for about a year That was difficult. We tried to make it work, but that's a pretty long distance. Mm. It was very overwhelming. A a girl from Kansas, this is a dream, right? You know, I'm in magazines. I'm going to red carpet premieres. One of which Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston were walking towards us and she turned and said, congratulations. It was really surreal. How fun. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. But she revealed that she hasn't spoken to Alex Michelle in about six years. So like 2014. Um, Mm -hmm. And Chris also said that the show had tried to reach out to him numerous times, but had no luck. Chris had previously said in a 2013 interview that, quote, we do owe him a debt of gratitude. He kicked this whole thing off, but I don't blame him for disappearing. He has paid his dues. He has outgrown his usefulness and served his sentence in the despair mines (laughs) known as The Bachelor. So where are they now? Um you know what, this isn't even really the where they are. This is like all I know about Alex Michelle Alex got a few kickbacks from his time on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a spokesperson for Match dot com in two thousand and three. Yes. So it was funny that you brought up match.com in the start of our episode.
1: There you go.
0: Um there's this quote from a press release that is attributed to him. Uh, Whether you're a bachelorette television star with 25 bachelors to choose from or one of the millions of singles with profiles on Match.com today who often have hundreds of compatible matches from which they can make their dating selections, so much of dating success depends on your choices. I encourage singles to follow both their heads and their hearts as romantic magic is part strategy and part chemistry. Interesting, like, focusing on choices in 2003 when it's like they either just broke up or are really on the ropes or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Mm, mm. Uh, He was also the romance and proposal expert for Princess Cruises, whatever that means. That's a great job title. Um, But, yeah, I mean, Alex has kept an extremely low profile in the years since The Bachelor. He lives in Washington, D.C. He works as a media industry executive. I found him on LinkedIn. Uh, He spent seven years working at Microsoft before his current role as the founding CEO of a digital media startup company, which he's been in since 2016. Okay. In his picture, he's wearing a nice pink shirt. I don't think he's in a relationship. He's like fully off grid. No socials, uh, no paper trail. Um, The only stuff you can find out about him is from his time on the show, you know? So that's Alex. Uh, Amanda. Goodbye. Yeah, goodbye, Alex. And Amanda, now known as Amanda Marsh Coldwell, married her childhood friend, Jay Coldwell, and the couple had a daughter named Chloe together. Uh, I don't know when they split up, but she is now engaged to an advertising executive named Chris Evans, who I don't know for sure, but I have a feeling might be Captain America.
1: Now. No. What do we have to say about spider Spiderman's versus Captain <gasps> America?
0: <sighs> that's a really good point. She,
1: she started out with the family of the Spidermans. Now she's married to Captain America. What an interesting uh, life she has led! Yeah,
0: what, a, what a progression! I mean, she does love Wonder Woman,
1: although that's from oh the other
0: God. from the other side You're of the trying, uh, it's DC instead of here. yeah. yeah. Uh, she lives in Kansas. She works as a dermatology nurse practitioner. She has an adorable cat named Zorro. She has 1,895 followers on Instagram. And thanks to her idol, Dolly Parton, she recently got her booster shot of the Moderna COVID vaccine. Love that. She also has a separate dermatology Instagram page, which has mm-hmm. even more followers than her personal one, but it is fucked up.
1: Oh boy. <laughs> I do I'm not want it right now. Yeah,
0: I do not encourage I mean, look, do what you want, but uh, oh. it's like I mean, we did a Halloween episode earlier, right? We, oh, we...
1: oh do you see these pictures of these ears?
0: Uh, yeah, I saw the ears. The ears are fucking too much for me. Oh my god,
1: this is sick. <laughs> this is like Doctor Pimple Popper shit.
0: Yeah, it really scratches that same itch, so to speak. Oh my god, <laughs> Max, There's I've lost so much you X-ma to it. on
1: here? <laughs> X Men. <laughs> <Huh>?
0: <laughs> so that's basically all I have uh as far as where are they now. Mhm. So let's talk about you know, we've been doing this in-depth study, we've been looking back in time, we've been uh you know, tracing a lot of lines from from t- 2002 to now. What do you think are the big lessons, you know? Let's let's have a bit of an overall wrap
1: up. Okay. The lessons are making a tv show from nothing on the fly is really difficult.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: The lessons are you need to name your things consistently.
0: <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I uh it f- it feels like a lot of things came together pretty short notice, pretty last minute for this. Mm-hmm. And with that in mind, the fact that it holds together as well as it does is is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of those earlier episodes are pretty rough going. They're just kind of like we were talking about at the time, just like they're just weirdly uninteresting. They're just pretty flat, right? And they're floating by on the the novelty and the 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 pitch, you know. Yeah, it's
1: a show that doesn't know what it wants to be yet.
0: Yeah, but I think even just over the course of this season, like you can feel it locking into place in a few key ways. Yeah, it's like
1: growing its pubes or whatever. That's <laughs> gross, but it is.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Uh, and it'll be interesting to trace that through when we do eventually talk about Bachelorette. Um, mm-hmm. cause that season is really interesting. Um, I would urge you not to look it up, but, um. I can't
1: believe that's Trista. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. And Trista is like still a beloved figure. Um, I didn't want to talk too much about it because it will, it may spoil things that happen, um, in her. That's
1: fine. We can leave it there.
0: Yeah. But she is like. Um, the f- the the earliest figure to still be, like, really solidly involved within the world of Bachelor Nation. Oh, wow. So, like, she is a name that people listening to this will know more than probably Alex Michelle, even. Yeah, right. Um, lessons learned. Get breast implants, I guess, honestly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. The lesson learned about the time period is just the, um, I don't know, how staunchly we were culturally rooted in in heteronormativity yeah um yeah at that time and particularly how i mean the imbalance struck at a time when i was becoming a young man you know like it makes for me sure. reconsider so much of of what was formative for me and what i was taught in <laughs> year seven or do you know what i mean totally like, yeah this has been the, a big
0: thought that i've had too Of just like yeah this was, I mean, I wasn't watching this show at the time, but this was everywhere. Oh. And this is just, just the like... culture
1: and the structure that we existed within, in, even in the year 2002. And I think about what that means for like my mom, yeah, you know, yeah. who was a working professional at a high school at that time, you know, or, um, my sister who, who grew up in, in that world or, you know, obviously it, it also makes you reflect on your own extreme privileged to be in the position that you know i was born into mm. um yeah it just it just is one of those things where you're like shit that's what the world was like and w- you and i can look back and go oh yeah of course the, the world was like that but you know there are people who or for whom the world probably i, I would guess hasn't changed that much and that makes mm. me feel sad a bit and um like it's it's almost like looking at, at a reflection in a, in a rock pool or something like that, you know.
0: Yeah, I I agree. Although I uh, maybe I just tend to be an optimist.
1: Well, actually, mm. I don't know
0: if that's actually true, to be <laughs> honest. But like you know, I look at changes that are happening um in the world these days, and there are a lot of bad ones And I talk about them a lot and I ruminate them on them a lot. And um, certainly, the world has a great many flaws, mm. uh, which I needn't. get it to or whatever. But I do think on certain things that come up in this series, you know, in this season of this show, um, things have gotten a bit better, I think, or we're, Mm. we're better equipped to have conversations about this stuff, whether that's necessarily being reflected in like media or whatever is kind of a bigger discussion. Um, but I think that, you know, the, the things that we've remarked on in this season of, you know, being things that you couldn't get away with these days or whatever, yeah. Like, that's a positive change. That that fills me with some sense of hope.
1: Um, true. True. I guess it just makes me reflect on the amount of, of unlearning or relearning that, uh, you know, you or I might have had to do to get to this point where we can sure. say you couldn't do that anymore and say that with positive intent. Yeah. And yeah. In, the, in that... the
0: sense that it was so normal for yeah. so many of these things to take place. And now, you know, w- thankfully... You know, and obviously we're not perfect, but, um, you know, it, it is a good sign that we have been able to, uh, to make something of ourselves in a world where this was able to happen. But that's what makes me feel good about, like, young people these days, <laughs> these damn yeah. kids. Because they are growing up in an environment that I am hoping will at least be more welcoming towards, like, you know, queer people or, you know, people of color or, you know, and obviously... There are so many issues with those things as well, but like, mm. um, yeah, but it is also interesting to think about how like the ways that the world was fucked up in 2002 versus the ways that the world is fucked up now. Like it all feels so much simpler in, in <laughs> 2002, whereas yeah. like the world is really fucked up in stupid, complicated, like evil ways these days, mm. which I think are harder to like wrap your head around and to, to like work out how to deal with.
1: Imagine going back to 2002 and explaining to someone what a fucking NFT is. Jesus
0: Christ. <sighs> Look, honestly, imagine trying to convince somebody in 2021 what a, what an NFT is. It's confusing <laughs> enough. I don't, you know,
1: it's a picture. No, but you're right. I I think that that for me is, is the big uh, overarching cultural lesson is like, this is the prism that I was raised Mm. in mm. and it is a huge um I know it's a very early two thousands kind of or even two thousand and tens kind of way to say like check your privilege. Right. Um but it is this functions as a huge privilege check because you're looking at it and going, Oh shit, man, these are um the men who I mean he's not my dad's age, he's younger than my dad, but mm. like my dad's twenty years older than that. Yeah. Uh, and and those are the men who who raised me and those are the values that we were raised with uh and what was projected to us in in media as acceptable and and something that you never would have had to have questioned and that we now approach it with so many questions you're right is inherently positive it is just one of those things where you think fuck i wonder how much of that and how deeply that is ingrained you know
0: yeah and especially you know we're talking about privilege and like it is partially i mean it's kind of like baked into this show that we are we're university educated like you know where we have had access to the kind of cultural literacy that allows us to, um, without being too navel-gazing-y or whatever, like, to to pull this stuff apart in a way or whatever. But, like, reality TV does exist on some level as, like, something that you turn your brain off and just, you know, something which assaults you, a a sensory experience (laughs) or whatever. And so for a lot of people and particularly a lot of people at the time, you would have to think they are not critically assessing this stuff and thinking about Mm -hmm. like what made that person say that, or like, you know, who's behind this or, you know, whatever, whatever it might, might be. Um, And yeah, if there is a broader lesson from this series or from our podcast in general is just like, you know, uh, try and engage with your media on a deeper level where possible uh, and, you know, try and see what, what types of things it's, showing you and teaching you and reflect on that a little you know
1: ask questions yeah
0: yeah or just listen to us (laughs) hey ask questions of us too uh nobody's perfect uh look maxi we have been on Mm. quite a journey with Mm. this little mini emotional roller
1: coaster if you um if you wouldn't mind me saying so
0: sure i agree yeah i mean i'm weaponizing (laughs) the term journey which i don't know if it even came up in this season
1: no, it didn't. We heard emotional roller coaster like four times yeah, in the fucking right. women tell all. Um,
0: I have asked you to guess things about music and movies and video games and Google searches and other ones that I'm sure I've completely forgotten about. Mm. There was something about Jack Nicholson, I think. Anyway.
1: Yeah, five Jack Nicholson movies.
0: This week in the segment we still begrudgingly call in lieu of social media games, <laughs> let's play some <laughs> historic games. Hmm. I want to come full circle to really test your skills as a Bachelor podcast co-host. It's not that I have any doubt towards this. Uh, oh, I
1: have serious doubts. Let's go. I don't Maxie, know what this no, is. But oh, boy. Not
0: at all. Look, I mean, truly, we've been doing this show for over five years together. I am still every week waiting for you to be like, I don't want to do it anymore. This has gotten too <laughs> <laughs> like. You know, this is a little too much for me. Uh, Let's keep going. Uh, I think it has been important to talk about the context that this season places us in, to grapple with the important issues of 2002, to get a feel for what the headspace of what the viewing public might have been like when the show came on the air. But I think we both know what the most important cultural event of 2002 was. It was, of course, the world premiere of The Bachelor on ABC. Mm. So for this week's Historic Games... I want you to cast your mind back to the first episode of The Bachelor, and I want you to simply tell me the names of, let's say, as many of the women. I was going to say the first five women to step out of the limo, but now I'm like, how many can you get is my, is my...
1: Okay. He is, I'm going to go backwards. Great. Amanda won. Yes. Trista?
0: Trista was definitely there.
1: Coming in third was Shannon?
0: Correct. Shumpus? Was that?
1: Kim. Correct.
0: Well, I don't need to say correct, do I?
1: Here we are looking at
0: The Bottom twenty one. Yes, Lanise. Lanise made We're a big impression. Rhonda. Rhonda, of course. One of our now, faves.
1: I'm gonna start jumping around here because mm, I have I'm starting to lose bits of of, of memory. Sure. Tina is a woman who was on this show.
0: Tina was definitely on the show, correct?
1: Denise is a woman who was on this show.
0: There was indeed a Denise. Correct.
1: Okay. Kathy was on this show. We love
0: Kathy, Kathy
1: of course. Um, now. There was... Was there an Amber?
0: Was there an Amber? There was, there was indeed.
1: A, yeah, there was an Amber and there was a Katie.
0: Yes, Katie was there too.
1: Um, there was a...
0: I gotta say, you're doing very well.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Um, Lisa?
0: Lisa was there, yes. Number 17 out of the liver, of course, we remember.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, now, there was a woman who um, was a school teacher. She mm-hmm. taught Year 6 students. Mm-hmm. And her name... Is a mystery.
0: <laughs> that's incorrect. It was not a mystery.
1: Oh damn it! <laughs> um, there's like a um. No, none of them are called like amethyst or something like <laughs> that. There's a complicated kind of name in there.
0: No, I feel like you're you're looking at some pretty basic names.
1: Okay. At this point, I have to admit that I am guessing.
0: Yeah, that's fine. Is Look, there okay, anyone else pre-guessing? You got mm. five, six. 12 out of 25.
1: Okay, so just under halfway. Is there anyone else who you're like, you should have gotten this because they did an important thing?
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, no. <laughs> 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 did anyone do an important thing on this show?
1: Well, like, for example, um, the woman who did the first steal mm-hmm. steal away. Mm-hmm. Will you take Alex's leather blazer? <laughs>
0: is uh, i don't want to presume the gender of alex's blazer unfortunately <laughs> i'm just asking you to guess women okay um, it's fair enough yeah the first person to steal um i said her name a few times in the previous episode if that helps i'm just looking christina? at my notes. no although christina is there i'll give you points for that i'll take that yeah. thank you christina of course is the stencil no.
1: The, stencil. the attorney oh, from Bonita, better.
0: California. Yeah,
1: she, She's reading yeah. Jurassic yeah. Park. Okay. What about... <laughs> okay. Thinking, thinking, thinking. You
0: thinking, can draw thinking. a line under this whenever you like. And I do mean that as a stencil pun.
1: Angelique.
0: Angelique, yes. Angelique is the actress. That's my complicated I think,
1: right? name. She had the first steal.
0: Yes, that's right. Mm. She's married to a big producer now. Good for her. I should stop calling back to the things from the previous episode <laughs> just because we recorded it just then. I think. There is a point at which I feel like you should just start throwing out names, but I want you to guess everything you can up until that point, you know?
1: I'm trying to think about, trying to cast my mind back to the early episodes First interruption was a group interruption, so that's not gonna. That's not gonna help us. The deliberation room. No one says anything interesting in there. Um, I
0: disagree, but okay.
1: Oh, there's a Melissa.
0: Yeah. There is a Melissa. I, I don't remember um, what Melissa's deal was at all.
1: <laughs> oh, she sat on the lap. That's right. Yeah. That's who I was trying to think of. Okay, that's everyone who I can think of who did something notable. Okay. So, at this point, um, because we've covered off Tina with the eye, is that mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm we've covered off Amanda who sat on the lap, yeah, we covered off Rhonda, yeah, um, in all of her glory, yes, we love Rhonda everyone else has has oh angelique who had the first steal, who is the woman who gave him the gift? Is that Christina? uh
0: that would be funny if it was Christina because she's the one I found on Goodreads um no, you have not guessed. The first gift giver. Damn. I'll give you a clue. (laughs) There's no way I can give you a clue that won't just give you a name. Uh, Her name is not that dissimilar to old Michelle.
1: Alexis? (gasps) Alexa? Yeah. Yeah, And she had arguments with someone else, Kathy. They didn't like each other. Apparently, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. That covers off everyone who's who has done I mean look you anything got anything you notable. you
0: are down to people who are eliminated on night one.
1: Really? Yeah. Sick. Okay, cool. Then I'm happy to call it there because I'm not gonna get them.
0: Alright. Are you curious about trying to guess any just fucking name a woman type of deals?
1: Name a woman, okay. There's I mean there's not an Emily, there's not a Sarah, there's not a um Margie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Look at it draw a line under it there, I think. Uh, you missed Amy. You missed Rachel. You missed Wendy. You missed Jill. Rachel was the teacher. Yeah. You missed Angela. You missed Daniela. You missed Paulie, Jackie, and Christina. But was overall. Christina? Oh, you said Christina? Yeah, sorry, yeah. Sorry, that's my fault. Uh, you found her on Goodreads. Yes, that's right. Of course. Um, so you only missed
1: eight, eight. 17 out of 25. That's
0: fucking incredible. That's more than I know, for sure. I'm looking at a fucking list of them. I couldn't even keep track.
1: I am thrilled <laughs> with an overall return. Max,
0: you're rehired. I'm, I'm 68%. percent reinstating you as co-host of Bachelor of Hearts <laughs> Podcast Industries.
1: Listeners, it is just in the nick of time because we have come to the end of another episode? The first season? Yeah, of this is... The, the Bachelor of Hearts Presents Ancient History?
0: Yeah, um there are many more past seasons that we would like to talk about in future. Uh, Mm. We mentioned one of them earlier. I've got a couple more in mind. Um, So stay tuned right now. Of course, we're focusing way more on what's going on on Brooke's season.
1: That's Um, right. We are covering Brooke, Brooke Blurton's season of the Bachelorette Australia season. What is it? Six, maybe seven. And if you want to keep track of all of our
0: coverage, including which season it is, (laughs) We actually did come here to make friends. So if you would like to do that, then be our friend. Come on down to the Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting group on facebook.com forward slash. I think, right. Um, yep. And you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. And I made a TikTok, but I haven't used it yet. At Pod. as well. You can find my friend Max Quinn at Max Quinn. You can find me at Xavier RN. And uh, I think you should. And I I want to quickly say that I love you to the Zaveheads, and I want to shout out to them for sticking with it, you know, staying true, being yourself. Thank you,
1: Zaveheads, for sticking with it on uh, on the journey with us and with them in particular. You know, like that is a um that's a big deal.
0: Just like Spider Man sticks to walls, <laughs> you guys that note, are my walls.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Listeners. We love we you We
0: love you Goodbye
1: me